Hello, everyone. This is Brian with Good Dog Workshop. We're your podcast resource for successfully working with your dog. We'll help you sift through all the wrong and ridiculous information out there. We'll help you understand dogs and how to effectively work with a dog's nature, not against it. In short, we'll teach you how to speak dog. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Once again, I am joined by my good friend, Carlos Marino in Austin, Texas. How are you, Carlos? Good. Good to be back with you. And it sounds like we have something unique here. It's, well, I guess we should put a disclaimer, right? We're trying to we're going to attempt to, anyway, with all the experience we have uh, combined, give people a good sense, a good, um, I guess, strategy to attempt to break up a dog fight because they will happen, especially if you have more than one dog or if you go out at all. Right. And this is, uh, we want to, you know, put some kind of disclaimer on here. No, no technique for breaking up a dog fight is 100% perfect. Every dog fight is going to be different. This isn't a how-to on breaking up a dog fight. This is what we would do um, given our experience, our confidence, and also our physical strength. Uh, we were just, you know, watching some videos just now and saw Caesar Milan step in and break up uh, two German Shepherd mixes. Um, you know, and these these two probably together maybe weighed about as much as he did. Um, and that that does take some some physical strength in order to do that. So a combination of experience. Uh, knowledge of the of the dog confidence and your and your physical strength but this sure. is how this is how we would break up a dog fight but first we want to go over some of the most ridiculous and frankly sometimes dangerous methods to breaking up a dog fight so you want to start with this technique that people call wheelbarrowing yeah that's a mouthful for sure <laughs> wow i think part of it is uh, people want to help everybody but they don't want to take the responsibility of suggesting something and then having someone get bit. So this is one of those techniques that I think everyone got on board with. I don't, shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people where you grab the dog's leg, hence the name wheelbarrow. And it's supposed to be the safest way to pull dogs apart without getting bitten. But what I find is that first of all, it's gotta be extremely uncomfortable. For the animal, but what I what I find is that I don't really think the message gets through. I think it's more of how to safely disarm the situation. Um, I don't know that the animal ends up respecting you for it. Is I guess what I'm saying. So wheelbarrow, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point. And you know, we'll we'll back up a second here. So you know, two dogs if they if they get into it, um, you need to act pretty quickly if you're going to act. Um, but first you need to decide, is it worth me stepping in to try to break up this dog fight? Because, you know, the dogs are, are maybe doing damage to each other. Maybe not. Cause oftentimes dogs will fight just, uh, over dominance and they just want the other one to submit, but it's not about putting holes in the dog. And that's why oftentimes people will, uh, will say my get it dogs get into these bad fights and I'll ask them on the phone, um, okay, you know, how many stitches, what kind of damage did they do to each other? Did they have to go to the vet? And most of my clients, I'd say easily 85% of the clients who mention their dogs fight, um, say, oh, we didn't have to go to the vet. And so that changes things drastically. If we're looking at an aggressive dog or two aggressive dogs who are actually trying to harm each other, that's a different thing. It's going to look different and it's certainly going to going to sound different. And what I mean by that last part is generally when dogs are really trying to do harm to each other or another creature, it's going to be fairly silent. This video that we'll go into with, uh, with Cesar Milan, um, I almost called him Carlos. Um, he, Carl he, uh, yeah, 
um, these dogs are, these two males are putting out a lot of noise and they're putting their teeth on each other quite often. And they're just kind of getting shots in. They're just trying to be, be dominant with the, with each other. And so that's a, that's a different situation than two dogs who are latched on or really trying to get a shot in with each other. And also whether a dog is focused on the other dog exclusively or whether, you know, if you step in or, or you say something or you reach for the dog, if he's going to redirect and target you, that also makes a big difference. But it's one of those things where you got to assess this thing right away and then decide, is it worth it me jumping in and can I do something about this or not? Yeah, and as trainers, we find ourselves oftentimes having to be that guy, that person that sure. steps in because we're ultimately – having to lead by example and when people call and they're desperate about their situation sometimes it is aggression and so we we find ourselves in in this predicament unfortunately more than we'd like but it happens which means that we've seen it a lot now i will say this we, it should be said that we're not trying to uh uh suggest that that you break up a dog fight still keep in mind all the other things we've discussed prior to another podcast like making sure you are looking at your dog's body language. In other words, to prevent these dogs fight, right? The best right. way, the best way <laughs> is to is to to uh, engage them before they even get going. But this is one of the situations where they beat you to it. Your timing wasn't there. Maybe you were at a dog park and you're too far to be able to stop it before they get going. So they got going. And also, we should also say the size doesn't really matter, right? I mean, whether they're small or large. This technique we're gonna we're gonna uh, present to you uh, will apply. Obviously, the larger the dog the more force will be required. So you do have to be relatively um, physically capable, I guess you could say. Yeah. Right. And and the idea in, uh, in trying to break up a dog fight is to get the dogs off of each other so they can't do any damage or any more damage to each other or someone else. And that's really the number one goal. Once you once you've got that, then you can really slow down and go from there. But the but the number one goal here is to get the dogs from continuing to do damage to each other. So let's go back to this uh, this wheelbarrowing technique. Um, and these guys, I, you know, I've seen so much of so many of their videos that I just disagree with these guys at Leerberg. Um, yep. And I don't I don't know where they're located, but they have this video on how to break up a dog fight and. Most of the time, the guy is is standing in front of a screen, and he's got a leash in his hand, and he's he's talking about it instead of showing it. But he brings out a um, a, a Belgian Malinois, of course, because that's the type of of trainers these guys are. They always have a Belgian Malinois who has so much drive and wants to wants to put his teeth on on something. Um, and yeah. so he gets the, gets the dog interested in in some kind of some kind of toy, and the dog's holding on. But but it's you know he's he's not he's not aggressive. He's not he's not dominant. He's playing with the um, with the the man with the toy, and then another trainer, whatever, comes up behind him and the the dog and picks up both the back legs right above uh, the right yeah. above the ankle there, um, and and kind of and I would say gently, but he but he moves him back, and the dog pretty quickly releases the the toy. So the couple things that that I I find really distressing, not distressing, but disconcerting about this is one is. I don't want to hurt the dog. They're already in a state where they might get hurt just going yeah. after each other and grabbing a dog by the legs there um, and Especially pulling if they're back. Older. If they're well, older yeah. dog and they and you know some of these dogs that we talked about before when they get older they have hip issues. Imagine yanking on their leg that's connected to their hip, which is connected to their spine. I mean that's that's a lot of 
Yeah. So, so you're right. So you're grabbing, you're, you're pulling and oftentimes you're lifting up because most of these dogs, even the big dogs are going to be shorter than we are. And some people I've even heard them talking about, they'll twist the dog too. Oh man. Um, So I think, I think the, the, the possibility to do damage to, to a dog is, is just, isn't worth the risk to do that technique. But most, most people I've talked to said they know that technique and they've tried it. And, you know, with some success or another, I've never tried it before. I just don't, it just doesn't look very sensible to me. But, but I think what's real interesting about this that you said earlier, Carlos, is it doesn't gain the dog's respect. The dog is not going to understand that what you're doing there is communicating to the dog, knock it off. All he knows is something is pulling him away from that, but it's not dog-like communication. And that's what we are here at Good Dog Workshop, first and foremost, is teaching people how to communicate in a dog-like fashion. Yeah, and the other thing I want to mention real quick before I forget yeah, is if you're going to use two hands to grab two rear legs, what about the other dog? Who's grabbing the other dog, right? right. So so uh, <laughs> it's very convenient to say grab the dog's legs and pull, but but imagine now you're making that dog more vulnerable right? and the other dog may still attack. So what we want to show you is how to use both hands if you can, if you can, um, and if you're brave enough and courageous enough which you should be if, if you know if you have Absolutely. a big dog i mean you know you, you know what you're in for but th- hopefully this is not something that happens too often you know if you have a dog maybe if you do it this correctly it shouldn't happen more than once you know really um if you're doing it correctly uh right. but i will say this so let's go over this real quick uh well, the, stra- I, the, the strategy there's, go ahead. there's a couple other things you you mentioned that by pulling on one dog yeah it's disadvantaging him so it's making him a free target for the other one we Absolutely. definitely don't want to do that yeah. and and that's something else that you had mentioned uh before we started here today was yanking on a dog's leash if your dog is the one being attacked don't right. pull don't try to pull him away because you're disadvantaging him and making him vulnerable to more attacks you should go ahead and drop the leash and let him fend for himself, which includes maybe finding the escape route that he otherwise wouldn't have because you're yeah. yanking him one one direction. So, you know, just, just be aware of that. And I, I remember making that mistake, uh, wow, 15 years ago or something. I felt so bad for it when I realized, wow, I just made, uh, made that dog an easy target for my neighbor's dog who had jumped across our fence line. So, you know, it's... It's our instinct to pull towards us to protect, but when two dogs are getting into it, you know, drop that leash if your dog is the one being aggressed upon and, uh, and let them, uh, let them have the opportunity to make their own decisions on that. So yeah, go so ahead. There's, there's several things here. Of course, um, you don't want to make things worse, but oftentimes you don't know the other dog the owner may or may not be around. They may be scared. There's a lot of noise going on. Right. Uh, but, but you, yeah, you don't want to pull on the leash. The other thing you got to keep in mind is. And this might help people who are on the fence about, do I have the confidence or not to do this? Just remember, a lot of the dogs that are quote-unquote good dogs go through a traumatic event like a dog fight. It doesn't go well. It only takes one bad experience um, where someone didn't step in. Like you said, a dog was uh, disadvantaged. For them to really have a complex about other dogs. And then they can really turn from being relatively socially uh, normal, and then all of a sudden, they're freaking out about every dog they see because they were attacked before, and it didn't go so well, and that's the last thing they remember is it didn't go well for me, I felt vulnerable, I didn't feel protected. So if you're on the fence about, man, step in or not, especially if it's your dog, remember that those can have serious consequences if you don't step in and uh, uh, protect your dog, protect yourself, 
keep the other dog away, right? So and and, and yeah. also one more thing I want to add on to that real quick is how you finish yep. the exercise is important too. You know, just pulling the dogs apart and then okay, we're leaving. That's not how to resolve it because that's what dogs remember is. I last thing about this dog that, you know, he may, he may meet in, uh, in a couple of weeks or a couple of months or whatever was I had my teeth in his dog in this dog, or he had his teeth in me yeah. rather than to show the dog. No, no, no. You guys are going to get along now and you're going to do it according to my plan. You're going to sit yeah. here together. You're going to walk next to each other. What is whatever. So it's not just in how you do it, how you break up the dog fight, but also what you do afterwards. But we'll get into that in, in more detail. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to give people an overview. It's, it's, it's preventing further escalation, right? You don't want to get hurt. You don't want your dog to get hurt. And then following through, which we'll go into, uh, is just as important or more important, right? Because what are we doing? If we break up a dog fight, like you say, take them away, if, especially if it's a dog park where it seems to happen more and more, right. what, are you, what are you teaching your dog? So anyway, what other um, technique uh, is out there? That I, know, I know there's like horns and sounds that people use or water. I don't know if there's anything else you've. Yeah, I mean, the, the couple things that uh, that seem to be most common that people uh, that I've talked to know about is an air horn. Okay, number one, who has an air horn on them all the time? Yeah. Um, you you may find those in dog parks, and there was this uh, program, uh, this dog group program developed by some company in Boston that would go around and teach animal shelters how to have um, dog socialization events, and they you know listed yep. make sure you have your safety vest and your glow stick and your air horn and your flare and your you know bat signal and a red phone next to you, you know <laughs> just all sorts of nonsense um, you know adding more stuff to you when if it's an air horn if it's a loud noise i think most of us can make a loud noise and if you yeah. can't then practice it and i remember um at a uh, at a at a previous um uh, business where I broke up two pit bulls fighting yeah. over a groundhog hole by barking <laughs> at them. They were they were probably about thirty or forty yards from me, and so when I saw them go at each other, I ran towards them. But I was barking at them, and I must have put the fear of God in them pretty quickly because they stopped immediately and they looked up at me like, "Holy crap, what's next?" And so that's just what, you know, that's another tool that we have on us at all times. So remember your voice can make a difference, but you do it properly. And when, you know, it's hard not to panic, but don't panic in the moment because that's going to send a different signal than if you just bark a good commanding, you know, knock it off or leave yeah. it or, or whatever without that, that franticness, that panic in your voice. Yeah. And if anyone has had the pleasure of working with Brian, you'll know he's got one of the best most effective <laughs> dog you. correction sounds out there um and it travels <laughs> so so if you can mimic that and, and and brian you know you may write a whole section about how you got to that <laughs> to that level it, it's very <laughs> strong right and so so you've made it so that you know what sound works and uh you can project and uh, people should should uh, definitely um uh, inquire about that and, and and mimic that as well because i, I know I, I know i don't i don't have that strong of a voice um, but any sound is better than no sound, right? So yeah, absolutely. And and that's something else. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that. I appreciate what you what you said. I coach you know all of our clients on this, and you got to have you got to develop a sound that at least your dog to respond to, whether it's an ah sound or a or you know, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Vivian's 
Vivian's next to me in the room. She's like, what's going on? What did I do? I'm trying to sleep here. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm disturbing her. But you got to have a sound that will break your dog's focus on whatever they're focused on so that you become the most influential thing in the dog's life in that moment so that when you've done this, when you practice it with him and he understands, got to stop what I'm doing and pay attention to my person, maybe that's that moment that he was about to get into it with another dog or start to get into another dog. And you and that sound can then stop him from, you know, escalating or engaging any further. I really can't stress how important yeah. that, you know, developing your sound to get a dog to stop in his tracks, how well, important that is. Also, you just, we just forget, but their ears are so sensitive. So they know when something sounds different. Oh man, right. this person, you know, so that's, and by the way, just real quick about this. Please don't make it the dog's name over and over and over. Because <laughs> by, by now your dog has burned out on listening to you saying his, his or her name over and over and over again. So it doesn't have to be their name is what I was going to get at. Right, right, exactly. And, and actually, actually, depending on the dog's name, just because of the way different, different sounds, different letters come out of our mouth, a lot of people say, well, I try to, try to say hey to get my dog's attention. That H sound at the beginning of the word just doesn't have the authority behind it that, that other... Yeah other letters do. So, you know, if your dog has a, has a name like, you know, my cattle dog, red, that, that R sound, that's a good sharp sound there. But if sure. your dog's name is, is, you know, Henry, hey, uh, uh, Savannah, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just not enough, uh, enough power. So usually, you know, something sharp, something one syllable is going to be, uh, is going to be better, but I can't stress this enough. Develop that sound with at least your dog, but better yet. So that, you you make that sound in a dog bark and you get everyone's head turned because they're like, holy cow, what was that? So yes, so we'll, the air horn, yeah, the air horn, a little impractical and I don't think drives home the message. I get it. People don't want to get bit. I get it. There's liability. They just want it to stop. You know, right. much like much like you're hiking and you see a bear. You're not going to take on the bear. You just want to create some space and and hopefully come out of there alive. With a dog, again, because it's a pet, there are repercussions. And consequences if you don't finish. So do you want to go into following through and uh, or do you want to go into what we do and then talk about following through? Yeah. No, let, let's let, um, let's continue on this vein first. And one other technique that I wanted to mention is throwing water on dogs. Okay, first, who has a bucket of water on them when they're out walking their dog or at a dog park? Don't think too many people do or a hose. Anyway, it takes it takes yeah. a few, if not many seconds in order to to make that happen. People will say, you know, grab a broom, grab a piece of plywood. Again, are you carrying all this stuff around you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. You know, yeah. On, do you have it with you when you're going to these places? So, you know, you got the you got the tools on you at all times. Energy, body language, sound to touch. So, you know, let's stay focused on that. Um, yeah. and those those are the main one that that, you know, the people I've talked to mentioned those are what they what they know. So, yeah, and uh, it's interesting who started, you know, where do they get this from? I know if the pet stores or, yeah, or what? Groups or animal shelters. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. And again, these are people that they, they mean well, but, of course. but we got to get to the point, right? The point is prevent escalation, prevent damage and follow through. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, a couple of things that uh, we did see some videos online that, that came up pretty quickly, actually, that are the techniques that, that we use. 
Um, and I, I tell people the way I stop a dog fight is I'm going to sit back for a second, in a, you know, mentally and assess real quick. Okay, which dog do I need to grab? If I could only get one, which one is the aggressor? Which one is doing more damage or, or which one is the only one doing, doing damage? And then time it so that when I snap my hand in real quick to grab that dog, um, I'm very unlikely to get bitten because of the of the timing and the angle and where I was in in uh, relative position to the to the other dogs. But I'm always going to grab for collar and fur around the collar so that if I if one slips out, I still have the other in my hand. And you know, depending on how determined the dog is or how much he's thrashing about, that takes a lot of of strength to be able to grab and and hold on. Yeah, you have to have good grip and pretty good shoulder strength, as as I found out. Um, and good reactions, but, as you know. But, but yeah, absolutely. But also, it's almost like uh, you've seen the um, people grab uh, snakes that are ready to strike. Right, right. Or, yeah. Snake handlers. What do they do? They get behind the head. That way, you have control of the neck, and you don't have to worry about much else, right? So it's kind of the same idea. Also, same. It's kind of the same concept as. When a cat's grabbing a kitten or a dog is grabbing a puppy and, and, they're, and they're transporting them, right? So we're trying to get in that same area. Whether your dog is large or small, you should be able to grab something, right? Um, but in the, but uh, sometimes people make the mistake of pulling. If, if we, I know we talked a little bit about this, but what if they just have the collar, um, like a nylon collar, Brian? There's no leash and they just yank the heck out of the collar. Why is that not good by itself? You mean if they if they've grabbed it or if they're yeah if they grab if, if they in other words we we're saying grab both, but definitely at least the coat. Why is it bad just to grab the collar or not the, as good? Yeah, right. And that and that's you know a great segue because that goes back well segue whatever because that goes back to why the way we do it works because it communicates with the dog naturally. Just what you said is the the mama dog when you know she had the pups would grab the dogs and you see this National Geographic with hyenas or lions or you know a, a yeah. lot of a lot of the great predators. Um, they will grab the pups or the cubs by the the back of the neck, the scruff, and pick them up to say, you need to be fully compliant right now yeah. because there is potential for danger. And so that's what we we're tapping into when we grab a dog on the back of the neck, whether we're doing it in, you know, in, uh, in play or to practice dominance or in breaking up a dog fight is to say, you need to submit and be completely compliant to me because I am in charge of you if you had forgotten that. So that's why grabbing the fur is so important. The collar is just kind of, you know, an, an added benefit there in case your fingers slip. Cause like we said, it does take a lot of hand strength in order to uh, to hold on when dogs are thrashing about, yeah, especially. And I've seen, by the way, sorry, I've seen yep. collars come right off as well. Sure. So. Yep. Um, you know, and, and especially if you're the only one there and both dogs are going after each other. So you've got to actually take care of two dogs. And, that you know, that's probably a lot of people's worst nightmare. But for us, it's something we do on a, on a fairly regular basis. Um, again, most dogs aren't truly aggressive they're not trying to kill each other when when this happens just two dogs you know claiming a person and maybe one dog got too close to their person and so they went after it and so we end up grabbing grabbing both dogs um but yeah if you have to grab one dog that's hard enough you have to have grab if you have to grab two you better know what you're doing and and have some good confidence there but yeah. it is doable because both carlos and i started off years ago we didn't know how to do any of this you know and it's yeah. it, it's through practice you know, and if that means, yeah, go yeah. ahead. 
No, it's through practice, but uh, and that's probably a good segue for for the video clip I have queued up here oh, yeah, from, from Caesar doing it. Now, all this is good. We're talking about it. But there's another element we haven't talked about, which causes a lot of people to freeze, which is the amount of noise that's that's made. Right? We have to get over it. We have to not freeze. We have to uh, put that aside. And, and Caesar does a good job of this here in this clip. Obviously, you can't see it, but we're going to show you or, let, or uh, present to you the sound anyway. And this clip on, on YouTube is called How to Handle a Dogfight Dash Caesar Milan. And it was posted by Peter F. Zorko yeah. in October 2013. So if you want to look it up, this is a good video to show you a scary looking and a scary sounding dogfight, but one that Caesar was able to, to get a handle on, but at least give you some idea of how a professional does this. Yeah, and he did good here, really, really well executed, obviously, Cesar Milan. But what he does, too, is he gets in position and gets his hands ready to come down and, and grab the scruff. But he waits because he doesn't want to get bit and he wants to get the right angle. And that's something you can obviously check out for yourself. But the sound the sound here we're trying to get is is <laughs> it's pretty very, ferocious. It can be very stressful. So let's just take a, uh, a listen to it here for about uh, five or ten seconds. So even as he's holding them back, there the uh, the one that he that Caesar has tries to go back again. So you have to follow through. Make sure you separate them and and keep keep a hold of the situation until it diffuses. Yeah. Yeah, and there was I think there was a third dog there, which was the higher pitch kind of yappier barking in the in the background there. Okay. Um, and it, and at one point he actually had to let go of one dog because I think his wrist was getting twisted around and he couldn't you know effectively control that dog anymore. So he actually let the two re-engage, but they didn't just go after each other and clamp on. They were really just trying to get in shots on each other to try and try and dominate and say, hey, you know, how about this? Can you take that? How about this? What about yeah. you? Now, are you going to give up now? This is really about dominance, especially yeah. since no one came away bloody. Um, and then he finally got a hold of the one. But like I said, these dogs were pretty, pretty sizable and pretty worked up. So he actually had to call in. And I don't know if it was the, I think it was one of the owners there or or, yeah. um, or an owner's brother or something who grabbed one dog and then he was able to uh, to separate them um, at that point. Yeah, and and you know we know from watching and if anybody else has watched Caesar Milan, you know he's not a big guy either, right? So yeah, yeah. I don't know if we officially got his, his measurements. I don't. I don't think he's more I, than five. I don't think he's more than five five. Yeah, I think. I think I read that he was either five six or, or five seven. And you know, he did some working out after after several years of the show. So he's probably you know, hundred and seventy five pounds or so. Yeah. But uh, but even even still, when these dogs yeah. are putting everything they have into yeah. trying to dominate or trying to fight another dog, that's a that's a pretty uh, pretty powerful force there. Um, and then so at the end of this video, he does what he has the dogs stay together. He gets them off each other, gets them yep. settled down, and I don't know how many seconds that took, and then he has them coexist peacefully next yep. to each other to say, this is how you finish an argument. You know, like two two guys get into a fight or an argument or whatever, and then, you know, or a family member or whatever, you apologize, you shake hands, that's how you walk away from a fight. And that's, there. I 
you know, that's how we want them to, to move away from the fight is the dogs. You finish it this way so that that's your last memory of that last dog. Well, and also they know that, Hey, my handler can take my best. So right. there's really no reason for me to try this again. And it usually is a one-off situation. If you do it correctly, they're like, you know what? This explosion of mine didn't work out well. The handler, whoever was there at the time, uh, uh, took this uh, expression and calmed me down and took control of the situation. And I felt safe. And he took control of the other dog. They, the dogs notice all these things. Oh, yeah. And they're making notes of all these things. And a lot of times, you know, yeah, sure, just like boxers or MMA fighters, they got to get out of their system. And at the end, you know what? They respect each other for it. You know what? Good job. Good effort, good job, you know, uh, whatever triggered this, uh, they're able to sort it out and better off for it. But the, the follow-through is so important because, like you said, Caesar, he knows by now that you can't just pull a dog away and hide them. You let them sort it out and be vigilant. Be vigilant, but don't add uh, and uh, I'm say, don't add to this problem by, saying, by, 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 by being fearful, by running off. And by not following through and addressing the situation. So well, or or by adding energy, and that and you made me think yeah. of one thing was was a boxing match. Okay, could you imagine two boxers in a ring, and the referee there is angry or panicked and yelling yep. and screaming and kicking or whatever? These boxers are going to either feed off of his energy, or they're going to start redirecting their you know, anger, frustration, their energy onto him. But, you know, you think of yourself as the referee, you go in there calm and you take care of business and the other two are going to show you respect because you're being so calm. You know, that's the, that's the guy that you need to be concerned with. The one who stays calm in, uh, in the middle of a, of a fight, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, so the best thing we found small, medium, large is to go for the back, of the neck area. So one, right. you don't get bitten. So, and two, you have better control of the neck. And if you can lift up, right? Cause the dog's power comes from the front of their chest, right? That's their core, their, their core strength. So it wouldn't really make sense to grab and keep them on the ground. Right. So you have to add that second step. If you can, right? Lift. Cause once yeah, you lift it- them up, you simulate that, that mom carrying the pup situation where they kind of freeze anyway so yeah Yeah, exactly so you're you're you know you're using what what nature has has taught them over the years but also like carla said you're taking away some of their leverage you're disadvantaging them um by pulling their their front feet off the ground if you can it's not it's not crucial to be able to do that but it does certainly make a difference and then if they're latched on to each other okay they've already done the damage so they're not going to continue to bite and they're lash and lash around back and forth. If they're just clamped onto each other, then it's just a waiting game. Okay. Cause once they open their mouth to try and get a new bite, that's when you feel the, the muscles, you feel the release and then you, then you pull them apart, but you do have to wait for that, to, that to happen. And again, I mean, can you think of the last time? I think I've only seen it twice. Can you think of the last time, Carlos, where you broke up a dog fight and one was clamped on to another and wouldn't let go? It's really rare, isn't it? Yeah, it's rare. I mean, that, and I hate to bring this up, but it's it's more of a dog fighting ring situation, right? The dogs are bred and well, no, the last starved, last time, yeah, yeah last yeah. time I saw it, it was a pit bull that had that had clamped yeah. on. So, and that's more of that situation where it's. The, the intensity is so high that, that you know, the, there's other factors at play there. It's not just, I want to dominate this dog. It's, I want to kill, kill this dog, you know, and that's when 
things things get really 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 tricky unfortunately most people don't have to deal with that but yeah i haven't i don't remember last time a dog did that yeah yeah so well um you know this is this is a big subject i think we can we can talk about some more things and and certainly want to get into reading body language um of dogs before and knowing what what could trigger a dog but i think that's a whole nother podcast so you know yeah. if you're okay with this i think let's end this here and we'll sure. uh, we'll do a part two on this yeah to absolutely help people out so okay well everyone thank you much for joining us we uh, we appreciate uh, you listening and please write us a review on on itunes or buzzsprout or wherever you hear about our podcast that really helps us move up in the charts there and um l- you know be able to help more people with uh, with the information that we're putting out there so they can be safer and more responsible dog owners carlos thanks so much for joining me this has been an sure. awesome topic i hope our listeners have enjoyed it too yep. and we will uh, catch you next time